This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Hey, welcome inside the new Lloyd Minster Nissan on this uh, Thursday morning. It's another morning for Meals in the Fields. We'll get to that in just a heartbeat. I do want to remind you, though, that the tent sale is on here at the new Lloyd Minster Nissan and Murano Mania as well. means uh, you can save thousands on your Murano and save underneath the tent. Everything underneath that tent is at or below cost. Yeah, Meals in the Fields again today. and We're heading out to uh, see Dustin Maws, and with no rain yet, uh, maybe there's an opportunity for us to get out in the field we can find some uh, shelter from this uh, horrible wind that uh, seemed to pick up in the middle of the night but meal in the field is uh, brought to you by Vical Agro the tent guys diamond seven meats Sobeys Lloyd Minster and the husky ethanol plant and what we like to do is uh, go out and see uh, our farming families our their crews and uh, talk to them, understand what they're doing, where they're at with the harvest season, and just wish them the best of luck and thank them for everything they do. And you have the chance to do that as well. By nominating a farmer, you are entered in to win a quarter of beef. And there are two draws for two quarters of beef, so we're giving away a side of beef as well with meals in the fields. This is week number three. And so congratulations again to Dustin Moss and his family and crew. We look forward to seeing you uh, later this morning. Uh, Lloyd Mr. Cheer Team hosting their third annual car wash and barbecue this Saturday. That goes from 10 until 2 at Three Guys Truck Wash. And they're also accepting uh, bottle donations and cash donations as well. Lloyd Mr. District Co-op taking part in their fifth annual Fuel Good Day at all four of their retail gas bars. And uh, so far, Fuel Good Day raising over $32,000 for local students through pump and barbecue fund fundraising proceeds this year five cents from every liter of fuel sold on tuesday that's this coming tuesday september 21st from 5 30 to 10 p.m is donated to school breakfast programs and they'll also have uh, free coffee until 10 a.m and limited edition fuel good day donuts and customized soft serve ice cream as well this year's Terry Fox run is on Sunday, and uh, it's not so much at any specific location. Although there uh, will be some information set up at Bud Miller Park, you can do the Terry Fox run wherever you like again this year, uh, and whatever time you want to do it at this year. But if you're heading out to Bud Miller Park, there will be a uh, start at 10 a.m., the theme one day your way. And if you have questions, uh, they remind you that they do have a group on Facebook that you can visit and find out more information about there we're going to take a break and when we come back we are going to visit with fred surrett and ken rutherford of the maverick party we have reached out to several candidates and offered them the chance to come in uh, single or as a pair uh, the maverick party the only party that has taken us up on that offer to have both of their candidates in battleford's lloyd minster and the lakeland join us so we will talk to both Ken and Fred when we return here at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. 
Complete the grilling experience with Canadian-made, award-winning line of House Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. I love secret sauce. Put it in your car at Co-op, baby. I love secret sauce. Put that sauce on everything. Ow! PWM Steel in Lloydminster is the key supplier and largest indoor inventory of steel between Edmonton and Saskatoon. Locally owned, PWM Steel offers a wide range of services from steel cutting and bending to custom sign and powder coating. PWM Steel uses aluminum products as well as new and recycled steel. Key supplier of steel products and services since 1982. Visit their website at pwmsteel.com. Once again, welcome back and welcome inside the new Lloydminster Nissan, where we are about to meet uh, your Maverick candidates in both the Lakeland riding and Battleford's Lloydminster. We have Fred Surratt here representing the Lakeland, and we have Ken Rutherford here representing Battleford's and uh, Lloydminster. So, gentlemen, uh, I just want to give you a chance to uh, tell people who you are, uh, sort of where you grew up and, and that sort of thing. So let's start with you, Fred. Great. I grew up in Paradise Valley, born and raised there, and was uh, lived there till I was about 33. Have three sons, uh, very active in ball and sports and uh, community there. Uh, went into ministry, went to college for a few years at Augustana, and pastored in four communities, Pincher Creek, Empress, Newburgh, Saskatchewan, and uh, Chauvin, Alberta. Uh, retired about two and a half years ago in Lloyd Minister, moved in there and kept active in uh, the boys' uh, oil field service business and uh, my younger son's uh, farming business. I uh, got in, interested in Maverick this spring, wondering who is going to vote for. Nobody seemed to represent my heart. Uh, a buddy of mine, I was talking with him, and he pointed me to Maverick, looked it up, and uh, got involved, went to a town hall, and uh, got to know the leadership, saw the integrity of them. And uh, when it came time to uh, that the election was drawing near and there's rumblings, I, I said, well, I, I'm going to get involved by running and threw my hat in the ring. And uh, the rest is 
is history. We do want to thank Ken and, and uh, their EDA. They were more uh, ahead of us, and they've been just such a great support for us, and uh, we've really appreciated the help we got that way as a new party. And for you, Ken? Uh, Ken Rutherford, I teach business courses at Lakeland College, and I also own my own real estate appraisal company. Uh, quick life story, uh, went off to university, did an undergrad and a master's degree in business at the University of Alberta, and did some work downtown Calgary with TransCanada Pipelines, actually in the finance department, and then got moved over to Edmonton. Got sick of concrete and asphalt and, you know, all the problems of a country boy in, in the city and said, I can't take it no more. So uh, wife and the kids, we moved back to the country. Now we're up Hillmond Way. Uh, wife and I, we have six kids together. My wife teaches uh, uh, in kindergarten out in Marshall. I, I, I've coached hockey for 17 seasons behind the bench uh, as part of the Bike for Breakfast team. I think you yep. had Sean Newman on, one of, one of my best friends. We, so we did that this summer. Anyways, long story short, just, just like all of us, heavily involved in volunteering in the community. Uh, um, really, really care about our youth. Now, uh, how did I get here? Yeah, how did Regrettably, you, yeah. how did I get the name politician behind my name? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is with a little bit of regret because I, I have a bad taste in my mouth. Not that I, somebody's got to do it, but just politicians. We all, they promise things. They, they, they serve up long-winded stories of how it wasn't them. And it's, I mean, yeah, you know, it's just us here, country folks, it's, it's a little bit of long talk. But anyway, so voted conservative since I've been 18 and uh, just last couple years ended up feeling politically homeless. You know, it felt like the, the conservatives were changing and moving towards the liberals and, and pursuing the, the votes in Quebec and Ontario. And, and I've got a rule. I do vote. People fought and died for this. And so who am I going to vote? Well, I think the, the two of us, I can speak, uh, Trudeau wasn't an option. <laughs> you know, NDP was an option. Left me with Aaron O'Toole and I was just thinking... I can't do this, but I can't not vote. So what do I do? And then along comes Maverick Party. I'm like, okay, are these, is this a weird party? Are these, what do they got? Is there actually some strength here? Turns out it started by four MPs that were actually former reformers, reform MPs. Then they served under Stephen Harper in the, in the conservative government. And they were all sitting around. They could have been having coffees and on the golf course because they're all probably 65, 70 years old now. now. And they said, we got, we got enough energy to take one more kick at the can. And I think it's that important that we do. So they put this party together and encouraged a lot of us to become candidates. And they've made it very clear, <laughs> this is our last kick at the can. It's time for the next generation. We'll step back and be guides in the back, but we're not going to be the, like Jay Hill, or the leader of our party. I don't want to say into age because if I'm heavy, but, but he's clear. He's, he's, he's got gray hair. He's got grandkids and, and he's put a lot into this get going, but they want the next group to kind of take over. So there's my story, Kurt. So what are you hearing as you head out and door knock, as, as you go and meet constituents? What are they telling you, Fred? Well, I think uh, the first thing, uh, we're, we're getting a lot of questions about who we are. But what I'm hearing from them when we, t we tell them of the Maverick platform, that they're really attracted to this. And uh, the Maverick platform is, is about, uh, we're the only uh, federal party that is solely in the West. We're not going to run anybody east of uh, Manitoba. So it's a Western party. And I think that's be become very attractive. In the, in the business community in, in Lakeland, uh, I, I really sense a, a deep concern about the future and their, the viability of their businesses, uh, the impact on their families with what's going on through many factors right now. Uh, I, I hear a, a refreshing need for, for change, and I think people are, are considering that change. Change is never easy, and uh, it, it, it comes with a certain amount of unknown. But uh, what I hear in the constituency is people are looking for change politically. And uh, the need for family, for community, is uh, being reignited, I think, through all of these things. We've gone through a bit of a journey. 
and uh, I think those are, are other tones that resonate. You know, I think I'll leave it at that, Kurt. And for you, Ken, what are what are your constituents in Battleford's uh, Lloydminster telling you? Number one, uh, we'd love to get behind you. Either, either oh, I haven't heard of you. Could you tell me about you? And then when you say, you know, like we're just normal people, we're not not a fringe party. We're just conservative conservatives. <laughs> and uh, when you tell them, like, oh, uh, yeah, I could get behind that. But number one, it's hard to say statistics. I study statistics, and and uh, you don't want to make too many statistical conclusions off of the people that you've talked to because you could be wrong. But for me, I, I think if people understood that the vote split won't send somebody to, uh, uh, won't help Trudeau, I think Mavericks in Battleford's Lloydminster would win a landslide. I really do. Um, but the concern over votes, but they, you know, they, they, and neither did I, Kurt. I never took out the calculator and got deep into the numbers two years ago. I was just, it was easy. Yeah. Click conservative. And then when I got into, so in, in Battleford's Lloydminster, uh, Rosemary had 28,000 votes in the last election. The Liberals had 2,100. So, you know, once you see that, you're like, oh, so if, if, if Mavericks go in and split with the Conservatives and they take a bunch of votes and, and Rosemary Falk gets a bunch of votes, she's, she's going to, she's well known. She's been, in, in, you know, an incumbent there. Then they go, oh, so you're not going to send a Liberal and that won't help the, the Trudeau? Because if you help Trudeau, you know what they basically say, if you help Trudeau, I'm coming to find where you live. Or I'm like, if I thought I was helping Trudeau, I wouldn't be doing this. If I thought there was a chance. So once they find that out, they're like, oh, Oh, and then I say, listen, I can still vote with the Conservatives. You know, like once you get, so the first part is, can, can, is there a risk of us sending a, a Liberal? When you say zero, N not zero, but point zero 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 something percent. So it's once they go, wait a minute, what about when you get to Ottawa though? Right, like will your number, if, it, if you take one away from the Conservatives, will that somehow help the, you say no. Like I, I, the reality is more times not we're gonna be voting with the Conservatives. We're most aligned with the Conservatives, but we're not tied to them, so we're, we're kind of a risk. And that's where the benefit of this game is, is that if, if you can get 10 Maverick MPs to Ottawa, they can say, listen, Conservatives, you get our vote, but it's not a guarantee. You need to change that, change that, change that, make it better for the West, and we'll gladly help you get that bill through. Some might say, well, what, like, can you really do that? Well, look at Bloc Quebecois, all right? 32 MPs right now, and that's a hive, I think, from the last three or four elections. And they've just got a bill through this summer that let them declare themselves an independent nation within confederation. So, so why can't we? You know, that's, that's, so the long story short, vote split. Once you talk them off the cliff, they go, oh, I'm getting behind you. Can I get a sign? Okay, so there was a couple things that were said from, from each of you. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk first about, um, Fred, you said we're only running candidates from Manitoba West. So people will say, and, and I'm going to ask directly, uh, why would I vote for a party who can't have a prime minister? You know, if, there, if there's zero chance of putting the head guy in place, then why, why vote for a party that can't supply that? I think, first of all, uh, when, when I first started in the election, what I was drawn to was that the, uh, <clears throat> the Central Canada agenda uh, is where the voters are. And so every national party is, is really driven by that. And we see that in, in the carbon tax. I mean, O'Toole flip-flopped on that. And I'm sure the reason he flip-flopped was because the voters in any greater Toronto area were, would support that. But it's not good for the West. And there isn't a uh, PC um, MP that would, would support that in the West. So they're driven by that. But I think there's even more. For, for the Maverick, as, as I've gone along the journey. Uh, CNC Lavalin scandal 
in 2015 <laughs> caused a lot of attention with Jody Wilson-Raybould. Uh, and uh, that company was charged with uh, bribery uh, to a Libyan client. Uh, was in the courts in 2015. Uh, the Liberal government, Trudeau government, came into power, and Lavalin uh, lobbied them to make changes so that they wouldn't lose. If if they were charged, they would lose uh, the ability to make uh, government contracts for 10 years. So they wanted that changed so that the, 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 they wouldn't be punished that way. And there was change that way. Uh, Jody was the attorney gen general at the, t uh, at the time, and uh, uh, the ethics committee investigated the Liberal Party, Mr. Trudeau, for, for interfering with the attorney general's position. And, they, and he was uh, guilty of break violating Section 9, which was to use his influence improperly to affect a decision for a third party's interest. And so he was charged that, that was guilty. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not even concerned that that's the only, that that he did that. He should have been held greater accountability, because politics is about horse trading. The Liberal, the Progressive Conservative, and the New Dem Democratic Party have been the three parties in Ottawa for 150 years. There, you know that's that's the story. It gets to be a bit of a club. There's a lot of horse trading going on. But never is the Western interest, I believe, uh, championed in that and is left out. And uh, this is, a, I think, a time where uh, there needs to be an injection of new thought, new accountability, and Maverick can do that, not just by arguing in the House of Commons or debating over issues, but hearing the pulse and understanding what's going on and holding those people accountable. So I think the Maverick uh, Party has, has a very, very... Uh, opportune time to bring a lot of accountability. Interesting enough, uh, Jody Wilson was expelled, uh, Raybould was expelled over, over that journey. Later on, there became a vote that required 100% of the vote, otherwise it had to go to debate, dealing with uh, Quebec sovereignty. There was only one nay in the whole House of Commons, it was Jody's, and she held that up and brought that to a place of debate. So even one voice can bring uh, an incredible amount of accountability. And Deb Gray was uh, a Lakeland, uh, first Lakeland reformer, only reformer uh, for that term, brought an incredible amount of accountability, awareness, and impact. There's, there's nobody that would deny that. So the numbers, well, they have affected and that. A clear Western voice over Western issues uncompromised by the central agenda, I think is an, a wonderful, powerful opportunity for the West to do something that ensures their interests are being upheld in, in the East. And that's the passion of the Maverick Party through and through. Kurt, are you okay if I speak to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so the... Uh, <clears throat> I just want to remind the question again was, yeah. you can't supply a prime minister, so why? Right. Yeah. And so, I'm a math guy. <laughs> so the... Uh, um, I think like when I was younger, even say a few years ago, I, I thought you have to be the prime minister to have any clout. Right? They're the ones that get to fly around the world and get the pictures with all the world leaders. And yep. stuff. So yeah, as, as a Maverick party, you'll never have that. But neither will Premier uh, uh, Blanchette or the Premier of Quebec. You'll never get to fly around the world and meet with all the world leaders. But they look what he's done. So looking at the reform... Block leader. Block leader. Block, block, block Quebecois. Block I'm sorry. What did I say? 
uh, premier. premier. I'm sorry. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Block there. Thank yeah, you for. Yeah. The, I was going to be the one that was on the Firestorm for tomorrow's news. Hey, which yeah. we'll get that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Reform Party in 1988 started. They, had, they won zero seats in the first election. By 1997, they had 60 seats. Okay, so those were all Western-based. Right now, Bloc Québec only has 32 seats. So you can see if, if Bloc Québec has done what they've been able to do, th then, then what can we do with 60? Because we're going to repeat. I really believe that it's, it's headed in the same direction or higher. Now, the question is, how can, if you don't have the Prime Minister, how can you affect change? Well, once you enter the House, it's just democracy. So there's 338 seats in total in the House. Divide that by 2, 169. So add 1, you have majority, 170. So where you have the most clout, so 170 seats, right? If we had 170 people over there mm -hmm. and, and 338 subtract uh, 170 over here, that group can outvote this group. That's the power. So in a perfect world, you know, uh, I know the numbers flip-flop. Let's just pick some easy math, very easy math. Uh, uh, let's say the Conservatives win 160 seats. Mavericks win 10. We kind of look at each other and go, huh, 160 plus 10. 10 Mavericks, we got 170. Folks, we can do something here. And they kind of go, but we're going to have to, we can't just pander to Ontario and Quebec anymore. Right. We got 10 of you <laughs> putting thorns in my side, and you're going you're gonna to go for the West, is what you're going to do, aren't you? We're going, yep, that's why we're here. But that's, that's where the power comes in. That's why, like, why Jagmeet Singh with NDP has so much power. That's why the MPs have so much power. Because when, when he talks about horse trading, mm -hmm. you just go to the back room, do a number count, and say, we'll dance. We'll dance, but it's got to be good for the West, and it can't hurt the West. Last thing I'll say is, is uh, going back to the early strategy, uh, Maverick Party is very careful to not run in areas that a vote split will let a Liberal through. Like if Lakeland, and, and, um, and I'm going back to the previous question briefly, is 80% uh, <clears throat> of the vote went to the Conservatives, so Maverick Party's licking the chops at these ones. But say there was a, an area where you know Liberals won or lost by 500 between the Conservatives you know, in the last election, they would say, no running there. We're all, we're, we, number one, we want Mavericks. Number two, we want conservatives because they're most aligned with us. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm at, kind no, of, no. but anyways, I'll be quiet now. No, I, I get that. Um, for me, it's strange to hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's strange to hear a party say, well, not, well, if it's not us, then it should be them. You, you know? Oh, that, interesting. From that, from that standpoint, I just it's a think of it bit. strategically. Like, that's just my own personal beliefs. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that represents 80, 90% of our region is, <clears throat> I used, I'm a conservative. I like the conservatives. Not anymore as much as I used to. I'm not sure they're my, my dance partner anymore. You Mavericks just anything, but you know, I, I just think that represents our region, and that's the reality of how it gets done. You know, again, let's. <clears throat> I used to think I honestly used to think Quebec was selfish, and now I've just come to. I, I think that they're just smarter than me. <laughs> right? I must have. I must have <laughs> took a knock on the head and whatever. They've done wonderful. You know, I, I brought here. I won't read up, but the, this Bill 96 that was passed in the summer, like you say, 100% of the Conservatives voted for it. There was none against saying we're going to rec recognize Quebec as being independent nation within, within Canada. That's clout. That's clout. I don't know the full legal ramifications of what that does, but there's a bill that was passed in Canada that represents Quebec as an independent nation within Confederation. If they can do it with 32 by horse trading, what can we do with 60? What can we do with 70? What can we do with 80? Now, that, that's the first. Uh, Maverick Party has what they call a twin-track approach. That's saying, because some people say, you're a separatist party. We're like, no, we're actually not. I love Canada. And if we can repeat what Quebec's done, we'll work by horse trading and stay within Confederation. Now, the talk is, but what if that doesn't happen? The, the track B is, maybe we need to start talking about independence. But my take is on it, Kurt, if you and I were neighbors and we were having a disagreement, I'd prefer to say, Kurt, we've had a few arguments in the past, but why, why don't we go for a beer? We'll meet. I'll buy. Let's see if we can work it out. And in, in 
you know, like we love our provincial provinces. I cheer for Team Canada at the hockey, you know, it goes to the Olympics. I'd say that's good. Now, you might say, I'm not changing. Sorry, Ken, beat it. You know, you're going to force me into a corner and force me to do something different. I hope we don't get there. But that, that's the twin track approach. Right. Okay, a few things have come up. Yeah, <laughs> a, few, yeah. a few things have come up. <laughs> Let's talk about vote splitting first. Okay. I, I want to come back to the separation mm -hmm. issue because we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there in a moment. But uh, vote splitting. So I, I hear what you're saying about vote splitting. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden, you factor in another conservative party into that vote splitting. You yeah. factor in the PPC. Correct. So now I get a little more, if I'm a, I'm a voter, yep. I get a little more nervous. So... Maybe speak to that. Speak to, you know. Do you want me to hit it first? I'll throw it you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the PPC, uh, in my opinion, have been surging this last. I'd say when we started this this summer, I felt like PPCs were there and, you know, and this, that. And now, you know, like, like it or lump it, you know, the, the, the announcement today of the restrictions and the lockdowns and the, and Maxime Bermier has spoken very clearly and very loudly that, that there's a song that a lot of ears want to hear. Freedom. Freedom. And I see their numbers and the comments on social media, they're, they're surging. So I, I, I would think the same thing. But again, uh, Rosemary Falk in the Barford Solid Ministry, 28,000 votes. Liberals, 2,100. And what do you think? I'll take a poll. Is Trudeau hated more or less than the last election in today's environment? Like, I, well, I, I'm well, sorry, I Kurt, I'm putting you on I think we all know, we all know the, the answer, answer to that. So yeah. it's in all likelihood, it's going to be lower than 2,100. You know, in, in the West, anyway. I w yeah. In this area. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be 500, you know, but whatever. Right. Let's just, for safe, for safe uh, discussion, let's say it's 2,000, 2,100. We'll, we'll go with that. It's 26,000-ish between the two. Now, PPCs are going to surge. I, I when I'm talking to people in the community, I don't believe that they have a chance at, at taking it. But let's say they take 6,000. Well, now we're down from 28,000 down to 22,000, right? So now there's, there's 22,000 to split between Maverick and Conservative. That's, the, the, you know, like, if it's 12,001, 10,002... It's still thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands above Liberals 2100. It's not going to happen. Fred, am I, am I, would you agree? Yeah, I, uh, the PPC is, has uh, surely grown in its uh, popularity. M my take on it is this again. It's about uh, the PPC uh, is a right-wing party, and uh, there's a lot of similarities between Maverick, PPC, and the PC. The difference of Maverick than the rest is... Even the PPC, while it's still a relatively new party, more been around longer, Maverick, is, is run by a, a Quebec leader. Uh, still tied, still going very hard for the, the uh, Central Canada votes. And to me, it's just a mirror image. The Reform Party started that way and uh, had great guns. And th there isn't a Reform uh, um, MP, an older one, that wouldn't say it was a mistake when they tried to go all over Canada because they lost their identity. And PPC is not a Western party. It's, an, it's a Central Canada party, and uh, it has some attractive um, ideologies. So for me, it's, uh, we're already into this thing. It's way too late to say, okay, well, we're not going to do this or we're not going to do this. Election's on. And so the voters are going to have to have a choice in Battlefords and Lakeland. And uh, to me, the three options uh, that most will be considering is Maverick, PPC and the PC. Why vote Maverick? What's different about it? We're only a Western party. We're going to stand uncompromised for the West. That's not going to change and it's not going to move. And uh, I think that it's a, a way of making a change and waking us, making a strong representation for us in Ottawa. So uh, I'm, I'm full bore in. I mean, it's way too late to worry about 
how it's all going to play out other than to, to roll up our sleeves and go to work. You mentioned the Reform Party. Um, I have heard the Maverick Party compared to the Reform Party more so than the PPC, and that be, that is because of separation. I think when the Reform Party was was first formed, that's kind of what they were looking at a little more is is separation. There are people who believe that the Maverick Party only wants to separate. Well, you you hear it all. I'm sure you hear it all the time that you know Maverick Party all they they, they really want to separate. They know they're ne that the East is never going to allow anything good to come out of the West. They'll, ne they'll like Ken, you had mentioned, you know, now we have a voice in there. But there's some people who believe that's never going to happen. So the only recourse is separation, and that's what the Maverick Party really, in the end, wants. I want you to speak to that. I'm not saying I believe it, yeah. but it is out there. Kurt, I, I think the Reform Party, when it came in, recognized that there was constitutional flaws that were hindering... Uh, the best interests of the West, hindering the West. Uh, Senate, equal, equal, Triple E Senate, for example, equalization payments, were, those were some of the issues. And uh, what I think there was a little bit of that independence and autonomy in that reform movement, for sure. Uh, it never got very far, it never got very much traction. What we're saying now as, as the Maverick Party is that we need to have greater autonomy. We are a distinct, distinct society. Quebec's uh, got some shape of independence movement going on. Our First Nations are, are nations within a nation. Uh, and people are, are, are in the West like to use that separatist word as if we're rebellious, hateful, spiteful. But that's not the, t the truth. Is this the best way to run a government for the West and for Canada? Maverick f believes that greater autonomy for the regions especially for the West, where we have uh, the same similarities, would be a, a good thing for the West and a good thing for Confederation. It would run sm smoother. Uh, the, the question is, is Canada going to allow that? And I guess what we're saying is, Maverick, we're serious this time. Like, we need to make some change. We're, we're not going to go for another 150 years rolling along in this thing. So we either need to have that in our back pocket, where, uh, and I, I believe that's in the will of the people. It'll be a democratic process. It won't be by dictate of, of, a, of a few people in a party. Uh, do we need to be separate? Do we, do, do we need to be independent? I should use that word maybe better. Uh, independent and look after our own things and have more autonomy in the area of Canada pension, police, health, those kinds of issues. Uh, we need to have more say and more protection about marketing our own products and uh, dealing with our own uh, economy. That's what Maverick's fighting for. Sorry. And Ken, I, I kind of saw you, you kind of, when I, when I said I think people think that you, you know, you're out there separate, you kind of winced at me, you gave me a look um, like, <clears throat> um, I, I, I don't, think what yeah. is personal is I, I, it's my example, you're my neighbor, I like you, we had a disagreement, right, you know, whatever, the horses got out, it chew, chewed some of your hay and you, you swore at my wife and, you know, whatever, <clears throat> I, I believe that relationships can be mended and they, we can have reconciliation, you know, with our First Nations, with Quebec, with Central. And so to me, and then also you even just look at the combative approach of what Black Quebec was done. And to say we're a separatist party, it's a little bit sometimes where people are fearful of the unknown, right? Is that, oh, well, you're probably just this. Well, no, talk to me. 
you know, I, I just said, I, I yeah. would prefer to keep the relationship and survive within Canada. Now, what I can tell you is talking to people. Now, that's my opinion, but I'll tell you what people say. Some would say, we can never, never go independent. It'll never work. And, and I would say there's a lot of people pull up and say, I'm ready to go tomorrow. And so it's not really me. It's, it's what's the will of the people. That's the range. Now, for me, when people are saying very, um, you know, if the bell, bell curve, I'm, I'm kind of the middle. You know, the people that are on the extremes, it'll never work. I, I don't believe that. Everything's created by paper and words and documents and constitutions. So say you can never do it. No, that's not true. To say we should go tomorrow. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the safest plan to me. This takes a lot of thinking and a lot of analyzing. And I first say, I'm first going to extend my hand to Kurt. Say, can, you, would you, can I take you out for a coffee or a beer? I'd like to try to repair the relationship. That just seems right to me. So no, it's, it's so, it might be people's opinion, but it's not true. And then there's those people that just want to join America. Yes, so. <laughs> there's those too. There's those too. And then there's those yeah. as well. So has it, has it been um, hard to sort of see the Conservative Party as the enemy? I mean, I watched the forum the other night. And while I'm thinking to myself that there's going to be a lot of resistance towards the Liberal Party, I saw more towards the Conservative Party. Are you referring to the Alberta or the Saskatchewan I, I'm, or both? I, I think both. I, I think a, a more so maybe even Ken with the Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm curious as to how, like, you know, if it can't be us, it can be Conservatives. But we're also going to attack the Conservatives. Oh, I, th I think I'm just being a, a small-town boy. I'm just like, what makes sense? What makes sense? You know, like, it's just, the, it's just nuts and bolts. And so the, what you saw there was, that was the third debate, right? So first one's North Battleford, second one's Unity, third one's Lightminster. Yeah, in a row. And, and I would say, if I'm in Rosemary's uh, seat, you know, she's got, you know, some kids, she's got a husband, she's just like the normal rest of us. I, I don't have any disdain for her or anything like that. No, and I'm not saying She's just that. doing her job. Yeah. But what, what happened, I think, was... They get a big binder, I think, because all, all the conservatives show up with a binder with tabs. I think it's preform filled, right? So if they say, what's your thoughts on climate change? They flip the climate change and they, they read the words, I, th I think. And so when we're in North Battleford, I, it was like, and then Trudeau did this, and then Trudeau did that. And I'm thinking, like, from the people I talk to in the street, I don't think it's Trudeau, the liberals you've got to be support, they're worried about. They had 2,100 last semester, or last uh, semester, last election. You know, people are upset, and if there's, your risk is maverick. You know, and, and we've also mentioned PC, PPC. You should be speaking to me. You should be attacking me. And there was no attacks. We go to Unity, and I just talk the nuts and bolts like we're talking. And I would say our table was full of people taking back Maverick signs. I don't even know if half of them would have known how to spell Maverick before they, they got, you know, they would be able to spell it, but they didn't know anything about the party. And I just talk like we talk now. And there was, there was like two or three that went to her table. So if I'm her, I'm kind of like, oh, I see. Okay. So by the third one, and I don't even know if she said the name Maverick in the first two, two uh, um, presentations. By the third time, it's like, I got to put, put some, some uh, sights on you. Now, if I'm also sitting in her chair, and it's a little bit of the problem is that when you win 80% of the votes, you know, it'll be the same in some Eastern uh, writings as well, where it's, they're just comfortable liberals, right, where they've got 80%. It's a little bit of a time to sit back on your laurels a little bit and say, I got 80%. What if that goes to 70? <laughs> I still got 70, right? <laughs> so it's a little bit of a, 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 a maybe a little bit of, so I think it's all the above, you know, I think. And then also Mavericks, I, I, don't, I don't hate conservatives. I don't hate Rosemary. I, I, I hate very few people, if, if any, actually. You know, I guess that maybe they're, are rapists or murderers, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to even think about that. But the, 
she's just a person doing her job and I'm no longer apologetic for being a Westerner. And if it ruffles some feathers, so be it. I, I, I stepped into this role to step up for Westerners. It, there are going to be some uncomfortable conversations, but it's like you only get respect. If somebody's disrespecting you, you know, I, I take it back to hockey. Somebody's been sticking you for, for the first two periods. You go back to your bench and bellyache about it. Is that person going to keep sticking you in the third period? You bet you they're going to. Sometimes you got to stand up and say, one more time, gloves are going. Or you might have to do some stick work back. And then somebody goes, oh, there's, you got a spine. I think that's where we're at as Westerners. We, it's time to stand up and say, you continue, continue to disrespect us. Now it's time for us to, it's our fault if we keep taking it. It's time for us to stand up and say, we're done. We're done. It's time to, Kurt, let's go for a coffee. You know, you, you know I've, I've been disrespectful to you. You've been disrespectful. It's enough's enough. It's time for us to make this relationship healthy. I think that. Fred, I want to give you, did you want to speak sure, to that? I, I do. Uh, I voted uh, conservative every election, and I'm 66 years old. I don't know how many times I voted for them. And uh, th that shows a lot of my colors. I know Shannon Stubb, very popular, uh, carried a lot of weight, very knowledgeable, and a lot of experience. And this isn't a personal thing, but when I go through my, the constituency, they're hearing crickets. And uh, they're not sure where Sh Shannon is. And I think it must be a difficult job uh, to keep that information out. But the difference between the Maverick Party and the Conservative Party is we don't have a tool dragging around behind us. Tied, we're not tied to them. And uh, that's a problem for them. They, they've O'Toole switched, uh, I think, five, uh, five times now on issues that affect the West that I counted since February. And the reason why he's done that is because of the GTA, uh, uh, Greater Toronto Area, uh, vote and interest. Mavericks don't have that problem. So who, who, who is the Maverick enemy? Well, it's Central Canada's agenda that has the power over us and where we don't seem to have proper representation. That's not going to happen. Shannon would argue differently. But that's not going to happen through the caucus of the Conservative Party in a minority government. We need somebody to represent the West that has a clear, uncompromised vote. So it just naturally flows uh, that the Conservatives and the Maverick are going to kind of butt heads a little bit on this because really the Maverick's saying, you guys haven't been doing your job. Like, you haven't been representing the West at a level that, that the West is, is comfortable with. We feel neglected and forgotten and silent. Not one of those leaders in the debate, uh, the leadership debate with the six of them there, not one of them raised one issue of the West the whole debate. I listened for it and it wasn't there. We heard O'Toole talk about independence for Quebec, never heard him mention the West at all. And the problem is every, the Conservatives and all of them are tied to that, that Central Canada issue. And the West is really on its own and even less. It's being used many times for the ends to re, re, keep power and uh, economic growth in Central Canada. And I think the West is fed up with it. I think if we, we are a, a, a late bloomer in this election, but as the message goes out, I think the West is ready for an independent voice. I really do. If there was a Western issue brought up in that debate, uh, it was a very quick uh, maybe mention, and that was uh, energy. Right. And that's, that's where I want to go next is on, this, on the issue of carbon tax. Because for me, heading into this election, 
That to me was the number one issue. Sure. The carbon tax and the rising costs of food, of fuel, of everything, everything was going up. That to me says that that should be our number one concern. That like, if I like nothing scares me like not having money. Nothing. Nothing scares me more, right? And I'm sure that's the same with, with everybody else, losing the things that we have. And, you know, when I went and got a mortgage, I hadn't got a mortgage in, in years. But they wanted to know, and I had never seen this before, my heating bill. I had to be able to provide a heating bill, and they had to make sure I was going to be able to afford to heat that house. Now, it's been a long time since I went for a new mortgage, but... My goodness, that kind of threw me back a little bit. And I thought, how, how different are things now than they were even five to ten years ago that I have to supply you with this? Now we see the pandemic kind of taking over as, as the big issue. So let's talk about both those things. And maybe let's start with the pandemic because has the fact that um, it has turned into a pandemic election taken away from the Maverick Party's platform? Um, so... I don't think so, actually. Uh, both myself personally and the Maverick Party stand for freedom. And, Kurt, we were talking earlier about this whole COVID thing and the vaccination thing, and it's, it's really divided us. And what I find is that people have, they're really, really firm in their position, right? It's like either the people that are unvaccinated are evil and should be thrown here or not, not allowed to go here. Well, we just seen some of this come out, right? You know, the, some of the letters that went out to the schools or last week, you know, if your child is unvaccinated, they have to go home for two weeks. If they are vaccinated, they can just kind of keep going on in school. This is creating divides. And, and so the, on the COVID stuff, both myself and, and, and uh, the Maverick party, I'll give you an example. Like we were out in unity at the, the town hall. And it really made me sad because somebody would pick up the microphone and say, People that are vaccinated are nuts, and the vaccination doesn't work. And it's 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 all Bill Gates, right? And you'd see people in the crowd like mad and swearing and ready to walk out. And then somebody else would take the microphone and go, "You unvaccinated people, you're you're this, you're that, you're this, that." And what I just said is, folks, here's the reality of it: is that everybody has their own reason, and, and these communities were built on love and respect and care and and, and camaraderie and understanding. I said, let me put it to you this way. And I put out a Facebook video on this that, that's gone to, I don't know, 6,000 views or something now in the last couple of days. Is saying, look, imagine you're 75 years old and you have, uh, you've had a heart attack and you've got diabetes and you're on medication. You look at the COVID numbers and you go, I'm scared, right? And so sometimes we, we you know, so should we fault that person? Should we say, you're, you're, you're an idiot, you're, you're nuts, you're buying to Bill Gates? Says, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> we should respect that because that, that's, that's just doing a risk reward and they're worried. Now, what about the mom, again, that has a 12-year-old child that was vaccine injured in a previous vaccination and, and almost lost her child to, to a vaccination and is scared crapless of saying, now I got to put my kid in there again because that's how they're going to be able to, they can't play hockey unless they do or they can't go to school if they don't. And when I, when I say that to people, you can see people go, Oh, oh, there's real humans with real concerns on the other side. And then when I say, understand each other, have empathy for each other, you know, like the, this, this yelling and swearing and fighting each other is just, just going to tear us apart. So the COVID stuff, what I find is when I go, it's about freedom of choice, freedom of speech, freedom to gather, freedom to protest, freedom to vote for whatever party you want. We want people to vote for Maverick, but if you don't, there's no repercussions. There's no secret list that you go on. These are beautiful things, right? It's taken a long time to get here. And I think, I think these are fragile. Like when we look at history, I mentioned this too, it wasn't, we've had a slavery for a lot of years. We've had a lot of years where women couldn't vote, couldn't hold property. First Nations weren't allowed to walk into a, into a ballot box. You know, look at what we have here. 
we have equal rights, gay, straight, tall, short, black, white, you know, First Nations, male. And, and when you start to restrict freedoms, it sounds easy, but it, I'm worried about a slippery slope, and, and as everybody else. And, and I, I just wish people would respect the other people's position more and say, Kurt, you are not vaccinated. You know, you're still my friend. You're still my friend. You still come over for supper. I don't really care. It's your decision. I like who you are. We need to focus on what brings us together, not what separates us. So give you a long answer, Kurt. But yeah, the COVID stuff is where, yeah. What do you say, let's say, in a short, just a short thing, Kurt, I, I do think that the, uh, the COVID issue has been a, the primary thing in the election. And the rhetoric of, of the world, like anti-vax, pro-vax and all that, it tends it tends to uh, be a polarizing and uh, issue for sure, but um, I guess what I, I'd like to say about it is is uh, a lot of those issues like are provincial or not, and there is there is a life afterwards, and we have to look after the whole thing, hey, and so I hear parents and that deeply concerned about the the security and the health of their families. Rightfully so, number one. The second thing I hear is the economic concerns that they have, and a lot of the families and business people uh, from the fallout of this are very much concerned about that as well. So I think it, there's been some, there's, there's some transitionary moves in there. What, what is the Maverick Party um, platform on getting us out of the pandemic, both health-wise and uh, fiscally? I think the the, uh, the Maverick Party, because we're federal, like you say, a lot of these these are fall into provincial jurisdiction, uh, um, and also we we don't we aren't prime minister, we don't plan on being prime minister, so it's a, we're not going to be the ones setting the laws for the land. But it, but it all comes back to everything that we we stand for stands on, on a, a couple of platforms: freedom, freedom of choice, no to, no to vaccine passports that restrict citizens, no no to a tier, tier two, two tier society, right? Freedom. Uh, and then the other side is just, I know we keep saying it, but if it's good for the West, we stand for it. If it's bad for us, we don't. So everything falls into those two. So what is our plan? Stand up for the West. Represent, represent industry. Represent Westerners. Represent families. So, so I know it's a, it's a vague answer. And the reality is no, nobody really has the perfect, even if you're Justin Trudeau or Aaron O'Toole, you don't have the perfect plan to, to handle this. You know, like, but but that's, it's a general term, but we're just here to do whatever it takes to represent and, and, and say we're here for freedom and, and respect. That, that would go for you as well, Fred? Or? Yeah, it would. I, I think you asked a little bit about how we're, we're going to get out of it as well. And um, I mean, it, it's a huge task. Uh, I think it was $380 billion deficit last year for federal government. And it will be about $1.4 trillion. I, I, had, I listened to a liberal candidate tell me that that didn't matter, that money doesn't matter. And I'm going, well, that would follow the liberal leader that you have. <laughs> Uh, called an election in the middle of the pandemic, $610 million. Uh, n nobody but the Liberals, uh, in, you know, had any pressure to do that. There's a lot of wasteful spending, and there's a lot of uh, n just not accountable spending. And uh, I think that the way out of it is through communication. Uh, I, I think our, our bankers, our accountants, our businessmen, they know how to make money. They know what they do. And if you give them a room and some freedom to operate, that'll happen. So I think that that's important in the recovery. The other part of the recovery is I, I, there just needs to be accountability and spending in that. I mean, uh, the federal government is uh, 
uh, its largest expenditure is the civil service. I, I forget even what the, the number is, an incredible number. Um, we, we, Maverick wants to defund uh, the media. Uh, or the CBC. The CBC, yeah. sorry, not yeah. <laughs> because they don't believe that that's, uh, that's fair to have, you know, media that's reporting news and that to be funded by, by government. There's, there's things like that. But the biggest thing is to, re to release uh, the economy to do what it's, it's done. The West would feel a huge constraint right now of government interference in the oil and gas sector. It's pushed by an agenda that, uh, of the East that it's environmentally, uh, like, the, we can't do it. We're going to burn up the, uh, the, 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 the world, so we can't do this. When the West's uh, industry is the cleanest, most environmentally friendly oil process and, and production industry in the world. So the ultimate thing is that uh, when a jet goes down the, the runway and takes off, it needs fuel. That's the carbon imprint right there. And uh, so that is the, the factor of the carbon imprint. Plus is the factor of where do they get that oil and gas from and what does it take to get that. And the, the, the Canadian government has shut down by many bills uh, the Western oil industry, which is the cleanest one. So in, in effect, they're saying, well, let's get oil from someplace else because we, we don't want to be responsible for doing anything, but the end result is the same or, wet or, or wet worse. Maverick Party's support of, of uh, putting duties and tariffs on imported oil and uh, credits for countries that use our oil and gas. We, we want to encourage the world to use the cleanest, safest, most environmentally friendly oil in the world. What a wonderful concept that is. It's so simple, it, it would just, to me, it just, like, there has to be an agenda, agenda or a very low IQ in, in, the, in the West now, uh, because it's a bargaining tool again. I mean, there's countries that need our oil and gas. Surely we can do some horse trading to Im improve other markets and stuff as well. That's where the mar uh, what's what Ma Maverick's about in, in, in recuperation. It's, this is an anomaly, but it, at the same time, the same factors are involved in making economic growth, whether it's in a crisis, whether it's not in a crisis. Is that where the Maverick Party was really born? is because we don't see our energy getting to market? That's got to be a lot of it, right? Uh, uh, and for take, our farmers, a carbon tax. Uh, sure, take, right. carbon tax, take the equalization. You know, I, I think if I had to put it down, you know, I'm, I'm from blue-collar roots. You like the equalization payments. You like all the spinoffs. And when I stand up and say, hey, I, I was kind of thinking about this carbon tax might be, you know, it's like, just close your mouth, get back in your weldon, weldon trench, and, and get back to weldon. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and talk to you when, when we need to talk to you. It's kind of, I think, how a lot of us feel. The, can I ask you a question, Kurt? Sure. And, and while we're on the, the, the vaccination stuff, is uh, your show, are you, you know, data analytics, you're, you're now on the, your show is apparently being watched by uh, some liberals and some NDPs looking for some, some dirt. Are you okay if we chat about it? Or uh, Yeah, absolutely. Or because I think yeah. you probably don't want to come back to well, uh, no, uh, I think what you're referring to is Rosemary Falk misspoke on, on the show, or is saying she misspoke on the show. Yes. On Tuesday. Yeah. And that's been picked up by yeah. uh, some other media. Yeah. And is making its way sort of across the country a little bit. So, yeah, if you want to speak to that, well, that's I, fine. I, you, we were saying, I, I'm not even sure I'm really clear on it, but of course, what, when uh, PPC comes into the room and they're like, we're about freedom. 
Mavericks enter the room were about freedom. Well, there's a lot of people, vaccinated and not vaccinated, that say, I'm about freedom. I don't want to see two tears, right? Well, when you're in the crowd, you know, politicians sometimes want to say what the ears want to hear. And so my memory of, of Rosemary, and in all of our town halls, my memory is against mandate vaccine, against passports, you know, basically what, what her and her party stand for are uh, travel, travel passports. I hope I'm, I hope I'm repeating what she said correctly. Like if I'm wrong, you know, I'll have to say I misspoke. But the only reason they want passports is to facilitate travel to and from other countries, like almost like a, to help you travel, is what I kind of remember it say, her saying. And now it's coming out like, a, well, I'm reading from the, where she was requoted. To be clear, I believe, this is uh, Rosemary Falk, you know, now that she's been kind of called out by media because of your show, <laughs> right? So, somebody lived from liberals or NEVs must have took a snippet because that's probably what they do. Probably, probably professional people who just follow along all the MPs and wash, look yeah. for dirt. Yes. Right? So we, they got some dirt. But I think what she's changed it to now is, to be clear, this is Rosemary Falk, I believe that international travelers entering Canada should be required to show proof of vaccination and I believe that Canadians should be required to confirm their vaccination status to determine quarantine requirements. So we're getting to quarantine issues and ability to get it in and out of Canada. I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the full implications of it. But it's, it's a different language than what we were hearing at the town halls. Right? And so I, I, I kind of wonder if it's not a little bit of Aaron O'Toole's type of, I'll say what I need to say to kind of get what I need a little bit. You know, I don't know. Maybe, Kurt, well, your opinion. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Well, I don't want to speak to, yeah. to that specifically. Yeah, but I, I will say, um, I, I thought it was more the interprovincial travel. Oh, you the think travel it's within into that. within the country, within province hmm. to province to province. I guess we'll see. And, yeah. and it's a little bit odd that here we're in a national election, and that's one of the primary issues. Like, like you see, we probably started it is carbon an tax. Issue. It is, it is an issue. It hasn't really come yeah. up, but but that is going to come into effect. I mean, we have our CFL teams talking about if I can't get a hundred percent of my team vaccinated some players will have to stay home they won't be allowed to fly mm -hmm. on a charter or and that's that's a liberal um, yeah that's a liberal bill right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah we all know the liberals but i mean i guess it just makes me a little bit uneasy on many fronts that the huh, i don't want to be muds i'm more of a positive guy aimed towards the solution so i don't want to be into too much of that but it's just a little bit of why i'm no longer with the conservatives it's like it's it's you're 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 kind of flip-flopping but when you end up, you end up being closer to what, on, what Ontario and Quebec want than what we want. And it's, it makes me nervous. I, I will definitely say that I have been confused with gun control. Yeah. Right. That is another one where I have been, and I asked Rosemary about that as well, is, you know, what is the, you know. Well, I, I do want to go back to a carbon tax because I want to talk about climate a little bit as well. Let's, let's talk about uh, uh, climate change and what your platform is on climate change and whether or not it's important to people in n neither one of you said when you door knocked that anybody came to the door and said climate change number one climate change that was that was it, and you and i talked a little bit ken before we even started about you know what are the three main issues that that people are are kind of talking about we're just kind of talking off the cuff climate change did not come up so are you hearing anything about climate change in in your constituencies very little other than the forums and debates I, is my response, Ken. I, uh, I think, again, uh, people are worried about COVID, the, the health of their family, and they're worried about the economics. Are we going to be able to pay the bills? The businessmen, I, I've, I've heard very clearly, are very concerned that, that fuel costs are going up, electricity costs are going up, municipality charges are going up, everything's going up. 
but they have they haven't even hardly got the, the means to get going again and wh where is it going to come so i think those are the 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 three main ones but in i think in the in, in environmental uh discourse it's been painted so continuously as the bad guy cows are bad in the in the east side of the of, of canada the truth of the matter is the cows are making a less of a, a methane imprint now than they did 30 or 40 years ago because there's not as many of them. But, I mean, it, it's the cow's fault. So there's that, that kind of thing that just keeps going on and on and on. Where we're living out here, and the, the water's fine. I mean, uh, the NDP candidate talked about oil running in, in, into the clean rivers and polluting them for the rest of, of you know, eternity. And I'm going, yeah, like... They're not seeing the, the full picture and the cooperation that happens between the oil companies and uh, farmers, hey? There's work to be done. But, I mean, honestly, it's, it's going great. And Canada is a leader in the oil sector in environmental uh, processes to, to produce gas and sharing that with the world. Nobody champions that. And, again, it's not the oil and gas that we we produce that's causing all the problem. It's it's the oil and gas products that we use is a challenge, carbon tax wise or carbon uh, imprint wise. I think we're doing an outstanding job. I hear lots of signs of hope. A lot of them aren't to fruition about a carbon capture, and uh, net zero talk. A lot of political talk. I don't know how much reality is, and it's a new field. I think Westerners embrace. New, oil, uh, new energy services. It's just like, don't kill the goose before we, you know, we, we still need to eat it. Before, yeah. <laughs> We're still hungry here. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do that? So th that's kind of my take on it, of what I'm hearing out there. Uh, it's just down on the pecking order. Is it that we don't care? I don't feel that's, that's fair at all. Is, is that what it is, Ken? It's, it's kind of like when you go door to door and you're talking about uh, carbon pricing and things like that and, and getting rid of a price on carbon is kind of, you know, for this area, it's kind of preaching to the choir. Well, I, I think it's, Kurt, <clears throat> is that most people in these areas, I, I would say, are, are we happy? Like, I think I'm representing people. A number of people have said, yeah, but what's your plan for greenhouse gases? And you should increase your, your, your carbon pricing. To, you know, I think in the your constituency? No, none. Oh. None. Sorry. I, no, not one. Okay. Not one. But I, I don't know of anybody here that says... We should go back to old days of, you know, if you've got a pail of crude, just dump it in the ditch. No, like, nobody would yeah. be like that here. I think people have a lot of common sense. I, so, but, the, but the climate, climate change, I, I'd probably say the offense of the carbon tax, as opposed to you should do more, I think the offense of the carbon tax is the first punch in the teeth to us. Yeah. And it, it's got an interesting story to it as well, is that <clears throat> uh, Westerners typically don't like the carbon tax. Anything, anytime the government wants to say, hey, I'm here to fix a problem, I'm going to take a few tax dollars out of your pocket, run it through 15 departments, and don't worry, it's going to come back to you. <laughs> well, okay, if you're making $2 million a year, you might not care that your grocery bill went from 400 to 600 But the single mom with three kids at home, she doesn't like this whole long-winded story about how we're going to do a credit system, we're going to take it from here, we're going to give it to her. don't worry, we're going to help. No, she's got to feed her kids. And so I would say, you know, we're paying price at the pump that I only used to see in B.C., Right, and, and, and they're just getting going. So I would say that the path went like this. Liberals want a carbon, carbon tax. Aaron O'Toole opposed because he thought that was going to get him the most votes. Figures out he needs needs great Toronto area. Flip-flops on it. Comes out with, says, I now support. So now when we're out at the campaign, out of the, the, the forums, it's one of the things that comes up. Poor Rosemary. Like, and, and 
they're Westerners. They would have families that are farmers and oil producers, mm -hmm. but they got to eat this carbon tainted thing that Aaron O'Toole's making, right? And he came out about three weeks ago, I would say, said any MP that does not 100% toe my climate change plan, you're out of caucus. So it forces our MPs' hands a little bit, right? And so when I hear, I get a word salad, you know, out of, out of sorry, I shouldn't speak negatively. Uh, uh, what I get, what I hear from, from Rosemarie is that, oh, this is because of the Supreme Court decision that forced this, and that's why Aero Tool now wants to work with the premiers. Well, what I understand about the Supreme Court decision, the one that, that gave them permission, remember the Saskatchewan government, I think, went to Supreme Court against yep. right, all that? <clears throat> My understanding is that that didn't give, the, that didn't force the federal government to price, uh, put a uh, price on carbon. That allowed them to reach into provincial affairs. That's it. So when she's defending it to say that, oh, it's, we're going to work. No, here's the thing. They want it into provincial affairs. They want a Supreme Court decision to come into to provincial affairs to tax carbon. But whatever government, it, but it didn't say you have to. It said you have the ability to. So anything government has made, they can unmake. So when, when, we, when I'm asking her at the forum to say, would you, if you're prime minister, would you scrap Aero Tools carbon tax program in its entirety? Wouldn't answer, like it uh, changed the word answer. But I think that's where it's at. If people are upset because you promised us you would, you would battle carbon tax for us, now you're supporting it. Oh, now you're going to blame it on the Supreme Court decision. It's just, it's, it's political merry-go-rounds is what it is. And I think that's why we're all frustrated. It's, <laughs> it's, answer your question, Kurt? It's kind of fun as, uh, as newbies for mm. Ken and me. You go into uh, these forums and, and then you come to an issue like this where clearly the, the leader has flip-flopped on the, on the topic. And now, now they have to deal with it. And mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Rosemary and Shannon is, are, are outstanding speakers and have, they have a lot of, mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of resources there for numbers and casting out numbers. But the truth of the matter is they're not repealing the carbon tax. The, cat, the gas isn't going down. And there's been no commitment that that's going to happen. That, that's the truth of it, hey? And uh, so there's, a, again, a compromise in the message uh, and of, of what our Western MPs can bring to the table mm -hmm. in Ottawa. And I don't blame uh, Shannon for, uh, for it. She, that's, that's, as a PC, that's the hand she's got. And that's mm -hmm. the, the ingenuity of, of the Maverick Party. Never on any issues going forward will the Maverick's hands be tied by that. We're solely the Western Party. And, and it's, uh, it's a wonderful place for us newbies to come because it's, it's simple. Yeah, if it's not good for the West. We're against it. Yeah, it's not that Rosemary or or Sean Subs are bad people. Like, no, I'm, I actually feel for them to be honest because sure. they're doing a job. When your national leaders off chasing votes in in Central Canada, doing things that you know your constituents are going to be upset about, and then being told keep your mouth shut and comply, it, it puts them between a rock and a hard place a bit, doesn't it? And it's it's really I think it's 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 um it's just a numbers game. Even Aaron O'Toole, he's just hired to do a job, become prime minister. How do you do that? Go after Ontario Quebec. You know, these people, if you go from 80% to 70% in your, in your votes, just go get your seat. But we're going to offend a few Westerners, but we hope it gets us that extra 500 in that tight seat in, in Greater Toronto area. So I, I'm not upset with anything. I'm just now, I used to be upset about these things. It's just a game to them. The old problem is it's not a game to us. No. This harms our families. This harms our West. So this isn't a game. So it, I'm not saying that Rosemary and, and Shannon don't care. I, I bet you they do care. But the game has their hands tied, in my opinion. Well, let me ask you this. If, if, if Aaron O'Toole hadn't put a price on carbon, would you still be a conservative supporter? I wouldn't, Kurt. Uh, and the reason why is because I just see there's so many issues. And uh, the carbon tax is, is the blatant one. It's just 
cold turkey out there. But I mean, the pipeline resistance, uh, I mean, it, it was almost a clown act, what we've done in with, the, with the pipelines. That's all come out of the federal government's uh, resistance to oil, the oil and gas industry. I just feel like they've lost touch with the West. And I bluntly feel like the progressive conservatives are, are no longer a conservative party. They, they're probably aligned more with the liberal in the, in the East than, uh, than uh, ever before. I'm not saying that about the MPs in the West. I think the, the conservatives there have a, a fair bit. Shannon's argument would be you have more power if you vote for me, and I will take that to the conservative caucus, by the way, who may or may not form the government. The Maverick Party is, bring it to a, a Maverick Party, we will bring it to the floor. We'll bring it wherever we got. We're not fa uh, hindered in any way. And that's freedom for me, and that's uh, a true representation of the West. That, that's a really good question, Kurt. You, 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 I had to pause and think. Would you still be a conservative if it wasn't a carbon tax? You caught me off a guard. A price on carbon. Or a price on carbon, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think for me it was just, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. I think, you know, because when I look at the whole political spectrum, you know, the liberals, if you go back in time, I know people in this area still wouldn't have voted for Paul Martin or, or Chrétien, but they, they were much more centrist than they are today. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, I remember them talking about balancing budgets and talking about fiscal terms. You know, it's very different than what we've got with the Trudeau. It's like, you know, the balance of budget itself and, yeah. you know, you can just whatever, you know. And so the, I, I think they've moved to the left. And I think the conservatives, in their ideologies and, and their actions, have, have moved to to the left. So I would have to say no. It was just it was just a straw that broke the camel's back for me. I think I would still be searching for a maverick party, ish. Yeah. You also represent um, the West, and the West has, in particularly in your constituencies, a lot of uh, First Nations. So if you win, you will represent a number of uh, First Nations in your constituency. With National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, September 30th, uh, what uh, more can the Maverick Party do and what are they prepared to do to sort of recognize the past and, and get into reconciliation and move us forward with our Indigenous peoples? Yeah, I, uh, to me, it's one of the, the biggest challenging questions uh, for us as, an, you know, as, as, as a Western identity going forward has to happen in communication with leadership. The encouraging part for me is I see uh, Indigenous leaders rising up with uh, innovative, creative uh, intentions to build a good future. Uh, we have a, a, a First Nation guy on our EDA and uh, he's a forward thinker and I appreciate everything that he brings to the table and he said a lot of things that have helped me to understand and crystallize some things but over over the injustices that have been done in the past my issue is that there's been no accountability and while you know it's grieving to to bring up uh, young children's bodies uh, like th those are very emotional things uh, I mean how do you bring reconciliation to that how do you bring uh, healing to the uh, to the brokenness that's in relationship and then uh, that's within individual people's hearts it can't happen without truth and justice and I don't know how we can go back and do that but there's been injustice from government church uh, leadership um, health there, there's been a lot of injustices along the way 
I'm not sure we can fix everything in the past, but there has to be a commitment by all peoples to bring uh, truth and justice to the table and to hold us there. And when I see the, the laxness of, of government, federal government now, which is relevant to our discussion, in, uh, like in, truth, in, in Trudeau's being dealt with with uh, uh, Lavalin for CNC, for example, I'm going like, like it's, it's, it's appalling, but it's more than appalling. It needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, you get chaos, you get, you get what we've got. And uh, I don't know how to fix all of that other than to say communication, uh, to honor and to respect one another and to listen to one another. There has to be a willingness on all parties uh, to admit to, to, to fallenness and to be committed to, to making a new future. And I've got a little bit of hope about that, uh, but it's a, a big problem. Maverick's thing is... Uh, in, in the area of accountability for, for federal government is the fines aren't enough. And they're, we are actually uh, proposing that more of our budget would go to the Attorney General so that more of these issues could be de dealt with. But the ethics uh, transgression fine maximum right now is $500. It seems like, you know, like let's throw a nickel in the bank if you do something, something wrong. Stuff like that, that's not, that's not justice. That's not paying the price. And uh, those, that whole spectrum for me is, is an area that uh, needs more integrity and uh, accountability. And yeah, I think I've kind of avoided a little bit, but it's all under the same umbrella to me. And for you, Ken? You, you're, you're really good. <laughs> no, honestly, you, like you ask your questions, but you don't just have a list that you're reading from. I can tell, like, you've got actually care in your heart, and you, they're sincere. Like, you're, you're, you know, First Nation, it's a great question. Like, you know, um, yeah, so I, I honestly, I'm, I'm appreciate what you're doing, Kurt, and it's, I've, I've, I've never Thank interviewed you. with you. I mean that. I was supposed to be on with the Bike for Breakfast crew, and I missed that. And, and uh, yeah, you're, I can see why your show's doing so well, actually, because to experience this. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that. The, uh, so I would say a couple of things. First of all, I think there's some First Nations frustration with Ottawa as well. <laughs> right? So they're not exactly tickled pink with what's going on from Ottawa either, from what I hear. And the, the next thing I would say is it's just a relationship, right? And so really, how do you, how do, you do that? There, there has been problems in the back in in in, in past. So how, how, do, how do we come together and work together? Be friends, talk, listen, understand. Like, like these are just very basic things. So I, I know, so no, one more thing, like in our EDA, uh, Lee Noble, who I, I grew up from, Hillmont, he's, he's, he's First Nations, and he's involved in the business community. Well, he's coordinated meetings between uh, uh, Mavericks and, and the Chiefs, you know, when the ones he could reach out to and just go out and not, not to say, can we have your vote in you know, five days? Because that's disrespectful, right? It's a relationship. You have to show up and just listen, understand, form a relationship. And so, I, 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 again, I'm just wondering, what can, what can Mavericks and First Nations do if we look at each other and go, I got your back. You got mine? What, what can we do together? I'm kind of excited about that, actually. So we had uh, a fellow from Thunderchild last night we, we sat with. Uh, Dwayne Noon was his name. Biggest smile I've seen. Helps teach us, of course, teaches up at the University of Saskatchewan, very involved in the Thunderchild community. He just walked in and said, I remember the past. There were some hard times, and there were some white families that helped my family, and, and I'm about moving forward and, and understanding each other. And I'm like, this, this is a fellow I can hang out with. You know, that's... I got to learn more from him, you know, and, and I just think that's just relationship. Sit down, listen, understand, have empathy, you know. Yeah. So, so to me, that's where it's at, you know. 
It hasn't been all bad. If you, if you read uh, some of the history books about the bar colonists coming here, if, if it wasn't for the indigenous uh, grace and hospitality and care, there'd, there'd have been more deaths. Eh? I think one of the things we can do in all areas is stop focusing on all the bad, but start to celebrate the good and to celebrate the good things that have happened. And I mean, that, that'll be offensive to somebody who's grieving about, about things. But as, as, a, as a leaders, I, we, we do need to start to celebrate the good things about our relationship and that. that that's being missed. I have kept you, gentlemen, much longer than I said I would. But I do want to give you a chance to speak to anything that I haven't asked you about. Because I, I want this to be a, a place where you can, you know, I, I've given, we, we've done two interviews. You mentioned the one with Rosemary Falk. I gave her the chance. Maybe I didn't ask you about something. Maybe there's something you want to make sure that people know about your party. We focused a lot on who the Maverick Party is and maybe not so much on the platforms. I have to be honest, I kind of backed off a little bit when, when you know, kind of came out and said, well, that's kind of a federal issue. We'll never, you know what I, you know. So is there anything I'm forgetting to ask you, gentlemen, about or anything you want to speak to directly? Well, uh, first of all, just thanks, uh, Kurt, for the time here. I have appreciated this uh, a little more informal visit over over uh, some of the issues. So I appreciate you, you just uh, taking time to raise political issues. Um, I mean, I could give you a, a rousing ma uh, maverick uh, platform ending here. I really could. I'm pretty passionate about uh, the maverick platform and uh, want to see it. I want to see maverick representation. I think it's a great a great uh, structure, and I think there are great people involved. That being said, on September 20th and some before, there's going to you have the right to vote, and I uh, I advanced voted for my own reasons, and came out and followed a guy behind, and uh, nodded behind our masks to one another, and he said, "Well, that was a waste of time," and I'm going, "Well, well, that's a that's a just an awful thing to say to somebody who's made a, a fairly big sacrifice to run as a candidate," and I said, "How, how come?" and he says. Well, it doesn't make any difference who runs. And I'm going, boy, that's, that's got to change. Did he know who you were, Fred? No, because I had the mask <laughs> on. <laughs> so but I think it's very important what we, what we vote this time, and maybe more so than ever. And uh, the thing that Maverick has that's unique to everybody else is we're a Western-only party. Some people won't catch the vision of that or, or may disagree with the vision of that. But I'm all for it, and I just feel like when it's all said and done, when you, when you elect an MP to Ottawa, that person has to represent your community and your heart, and, and there's a great level of trust about what's going to happen to your future, but what happens with those people in Ottawa. And uh, so it's, it should be a very intentional thing. And I just would close my, my session with this and saying to challenge the people, think about it. Go on the website, find out what the party believes, ask questions. It's not too late yet. And make your vote count for you and your family because it's important. And that's my sales pitch for today. Thanks, <laughs> Kurt. I've really appreciated it. Well, thank you for your time, Fred. Yeah. And for you, Ken? I'd start with the same as Fred. First of all, I'm all for defunding that CBC. And I think we should crash it. So that, there's, that advertising dollars needs to come people like you, right? Entrepreneurs, 
right, who, who are honest people, aren't linked to national organizations or national agencies. And, you know, I, I mean, I know you and Sean Newman, one of my best friends on the Sean Newman podcast, that's, that's the new news. It's a decentralized and uncontrolled. And so good on you for doing what you're doing. Uh, uh, thank you for having us on, would, would be the return to you. Uh, um, what I would say is most times the prime minister is picked by the time they get to the Manitoba border. So, you know, like, so, 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 like, maybe should I vote for this? Should I vote for that? Like, just think about that for a moment. Second thing I would say is that, in my opinion, Trudeau got to go. But if we vote for Aaron O'Toole, is he really just the lesser of the two evils? Right? Are, we, are we voting to stay because we want to stay safe? Because we're kind of a little bit scared and cowardice and lacking a little, little bit of, let's, let's, let's get at this. Let's do, let's, let's, it's going to be hard work. Let's go. Um, the next thing I would say is that, we got to think about not just right now, but our future generations. Like I've, I've chilled six kids and now we have one, or one, one grandchild already. And I look around, I'm, I'm looking at these communities. I'm like, okay, if we trend this, here's where we are today. Where does that look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years, when it's my time to pass on 35 years from now, I got to give the great grandkids one last hug before I go. What's the state of that? And, and so if I'm, if I believe that that can trend down, what can I do right now to maybe have our, our communities more prosperous? you know, more free. And so I would say, uh, I'd encourage people to not be fearful. Sometimes we just fear, fear a new change. And uh, last thing I'd say is, if we do know that we've been stepped on and we are being taken advantage of, if we don't make that change to, to move towards strength and opportunity and optimism, if we don't do it now, when, when, when's the right time? Like, are we gonna do this again? You know, because the next time they're gonna have another reason why we shouldn't split the vote, we shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. But again, uh, Reform Party, zero votes in 1988, 60 informed official opposition by 1997. We might as well just, I think, let's rip the band-aid off right now, stand for the West, and uh, take care, take care of our, our own future and our own destiny. And that's all. Kurt, thank you again for having us on. Thank you both. I really appreciate your, your time. And I, I did keep you longer than I said I would, but I really appreciate that not only that you came on, but both of you uh, felt that this was a, you know, a, a platform that you could use. So I really appreciate your time as well. Thanks, Kurt. And we're going to be back tomorrow morning. We'll be back with uh, Desiree Bissonette. Uh, she will join us from the NDP, and she is representing in the Lakeland uh, riding. Once again, we did reach out to uh, Eric Hansen. Uh, he did not reply to our request. So Desiree has replied and is going to be with us tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., from the new Lloydminster Nissan.